Hey, welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message with Pastor Travis Bennett. Well, stay standing for the reading of the word. We're going to read out of John chapter 6 this morning. Uh, first of all, how about we thank Jesus for this moisture that's came to Amarillo, Texas in the panhandle. Amen. How many of y'all know the Lord supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Amen. Also, too, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I know Braden already did, but give all of our mothers a hand this morning. Aren't you thankful for the mamas? I want to read this text to you because I think it's very appropriate. Uh, if, those, if you haven't been here... I've been preaching from the series of Here's Your Sign. And actually, I've gotten out of order last week. I should be preaching on walking on water. But today, I wanted to preach the feeding of the 5,000 because I think there's something special for the mothers here today. But it says in John chapter 6, verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus went to the other side to the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they had seen the signs. Everybody say signs. The attesting miracles which he continually performed on those who were sick. It says in verse 3, And Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was approaching. Jesus looked up and saw that a large crowd was coming towards him. And he said to Philip, Where will we buy bread for these people to eat? But he said this to test Philip because he knew that he was what, what he was about to do. And Philip answered, he said, 200 denarii, 200 days wages worth of bread is not enough for each one to receive even a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, so we know not to be like Philip, but we want to be like Andy here. And he said, there's a little boy here who has five lo- barley loaves and two fish, but What are these for so many people? Oh, this is such a testament of who Jesus is. He said, Jesus said, have the people sit down to eat. Now the ground there was covered with with an abundance of grass. That's what I'm declaring over the panhandle of Texas for our cattle right now. It says, so the men men sat down, about 5,000 in number, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them those who were seated, the same also with the fish, as much as they wanted. When they had eaten enough, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover pieces so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up and they filled 12 large baskets with pieces from the five barley loaves, which were were left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign, everybody say sign, attesting miracles that he had done they began saying this is without a doubt the promised prophet who has come into the world pray with me if you would lord thank you lord for your word lord i believe that this is the inspired word of god and lord forgive me for not taking every single word and every single sentence for granted And Lord, I know that you have written this. If you've written it for anybody, you've written it for me. And God, I thank you that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And God, today as your Word goes forth, I pray that it not be what I would have to say from my flesh, but it would be everything have to say 
what you would have to say through the Spirit of God. And so, Lord, I just pray for those in the room today. Lord, you know the background of those that are coming in that may be hurt, that may be lost, that may be celebrating Mother's Day with the loss of a loved one that made them feel cherished during this time. But, God, we cast all our care on you, for you care for us. So, Lord, I pray for those in the room. I pray for the widow in the room, God. I pray that there would be an extreme blessing be upon them, on their family. I speak favor upon them right now in Jesus' name. That they would taste and see that the Lord is good and that his mercy endures forever. God, I just pray for all the moms, the moms to be, maybe the moms that never bore a child but, but raised a nephew or a friend or, or a, a friend's child or, or there's somebody out there that they've been, brought influence into their life. Lord, I pray you speak blessing over them. Lord, as your word says in number 622, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Lord, I speak that right now in the room. In Jesus' name, we put your name on everything that's said and done today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. We'll look at your neighbor and say, Happy Mother's Day. That's right. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Praise the Lord. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm so excited to be teaching this with you. I'm, I'm going to teach a little bit different today. I just want to go through the text. You notice I didn't give commentary. I wanted to so bad, but uh, I wanted to save a little bit for the message today because I believe God has something important for each and every one of us. And if you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks I've been teaching from this particular series, Here's Your Sign. And you may know it from the, the hillbilly comedian that says, Here's Your Sign. And how many of y'all know, uh, how many of y'all thankful for the signs and miracles that Jesus did? And I believe that the Word of God is the inspired Word. And I believe that those miracles weren't for just 2,000 years ago, but I believe those miracles are still for us today. Can I get an amen from God's people that believe that? With all your heart. I believe that with all my heart. And so not only is this a miracle here, but we've gone through all of them, and there's eight specific ones. What I love about the book of John, I'm not going to go through that, but in the very John 1, 1, he said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And at the end of John, he says this. He says, books could not contain all the miracles that Jesus did. And in all of these, is it a miracle of a blind man seeing, just like that particular one? We're going to talk about that next week. I was, I'm so so excited to preach about the blind man because what God does he not only heals your physical body but what God does from the very beginning of time from the very book of Genesis he called those dark things and he made them light I'm gonna say that one more time in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was out form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and God said let there be light so I want you to think about the story of the blind man that we'll talk about next week. But the blind man, it wasn't just a miracle that he spit uh, in, in dirt, made mud, and put it on his eyes and led him out of the village where he could see. But it was way more than that to me. It's the fact of it is when we come to Christ, we have such a darkness on us. And what, on us, and what Jesus does is he brings light into our situation. Aren't you thankful that he turned the lights on when the lights were turned off in your life? Like the lights are turned off maybe in the news, but you know what? 
Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he is a sign still to me today that I don't have to live in darkness, but I have the light of the world on the inside of me. That's a sign, right? And so uh, in, in, in John's gospel here, we see something very enlightening to us. We see here the very first miracle that he did is he turns water into wine. So that's a sign to us that he takes things that are nasty, gross, and he makes them some, something of value. The healing of the nobleman's son where they honored him. He comes into this house where there is honor, and he spoke a word. And he said, your, your son will walk in healing. It's, it's a miracle that the boy was healed, but it's even more of a he- miracle where honor is, it unlocks honor for God to display his affection towards us. What we saw in the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda was much more than a man just being healed. It was that God not only wants to come into your situation, but he wants to change everything about your situation. Think about the story. I mean, it's a sign to us. The woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, the Bible tells us this, that she had spent all her money. She had lost all her friends. She had lost all of her family. And when she touched the hem of his garment, everything, her finances were restored. Everything in her was made whole because that's what Jesus does he's assigned to us are you are you with me this morning and last week we saw the miracle of jesus walking on the water he didn't say we wouldn't go through storms he knows that we will because the enemy comes to steal to kill and to destroy but god comes to what give life john 10 and verse 10 and life more abundantly so it is a sign to us not only that he can walk on water but it's also a sign to us that he wants to walk on water with us in the storm no matter what we go through, and we can say to this mountain or say to this storm, peace, be still. And whatever situation that you're going through, it's, not, it's, uh, it, it's the absence of something, but it's the presence of someone, and his name is Jesus. Aren't you thankful for that? So now, now we get to this story here in John chapter 6, and uh, I love this particular story. In fact, my in fact, the, the writers of the New Testament loved it so much that they put it in all the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John didn't agree on every story. Not that they didn't agree on it, but it's not something that pulled on the inside of them in order for them to write about it. But all four agreed on this particular story. That this is exactly a testament and a sign to us. A sign reveals his glory. And so this is a sign to us of exactly who Jesus is. God is a God of not subtraction. God is not a God of division, but God is a God of addition and multiplication. Amen? Come on, if you, if you ain't saying amen now, I believe you will. But the reason that I wanted to share this on Mother's Day, because I see something here that we will, we will get into this in the particular text here in just a moment. But the Bible says the ones that they counted was 5,000. In fact, you read all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It says the men that were on this mountainside were about 5,000. So that tells, that tells us this, and scholars tell us this, that even if you read that in the Greek, it doesn't discount the men and the women, or the women and the children. But we know that there was women and children there, obviously, because it was a boy that brought, brought the five loaves and two fish. And so what I love about this particular story is they weren't it. And so scholars tell us that there could have been 20,000 people there. There could have been 30,000 people there. There might have been some practicing uh, um, Mormons there with like 25 children. We don't know that. All right. Just kidding. That was a joke. You can laugh. All right. And so, uh, 
that there could have, the whole mountainside could have been full of kids. And so scholars tell us there could have been 20,000, 30,000. There could have been 40,000 people there. But what I love about this story, the one who wasn't valued enough to be put as part of the count was the one who brought the miracle. I love that so much about this story. And you know what? The reason I believe with all my heart, in fact, you read this in the, in the Greek text, you know that this boy was even under the age of seven years old. Five loaves and two fish. Now, if you grew up in Sunday school and you had one of those felt boards, you saw, you saw this boy with like a huge basket and he's like halibut hanging out the end of it, you know, like big salmon and, and five loaves. And we'll study the text today. It actually tells us that they were like five peat crackers and two minnows. This is what makes the story even more of a miracle. And this is what this boy has. And what I love about that is that boy just didn't have that because he stole it from somewhere. He had a mama somewhere that provided for him. I'm telling you, we can see the miracle of this story. Thank God for the mamas that send their kids to be with Jesus. Come on, can we give it a hand for all the mamas that send their boys and their girls to be with Jesus? And I believe this message is for you today. It's for all of us. But I just want to break the text down. I kind of do this from time to time because uh, I didn't really have points and things that rhyme and, and number this. I just want to go through the text because I believe this is a true testament of who Jesus is. Because it may only be five loaves and two fish. But when you add Jesus to the equation, I'm telling you, you put it in that. It's not just five loaves and two fish. When you add Jesus to the equation, it multiplies. Can I tell you, in your life, whatever you have in your life, you add Jesus to the equation, it will multiply. And even if you're in a place right now of some kind of drought, you just keep adding Jesus to the situation. God will show up in the midnight hour. He said in Luke 6, 38, give, and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. All right, I'm going to quit preaching and start teaching. Are you ready? Right off, right off the bat here in John chapter 6 and verse 1, if you put it up on the screen, he said after this. Now, I want to make mention, I, when I study a text, I look at every single word. God, what is the word that you would have to speak to me? He said after this. Well, we know this, that up until this point, not only in John's gospel, but we have Matthew, Mark, and Luke also as well. We know that he's turned the water into wine. We know that he's healed the nobleman's son. Remember at the end of John, it says this, that books can't contain all the miracles that he did, but these are just the ones that we know of. And so he turned the water into wine. He healed the nobleman's son. He drove out the evil spirit from a man. He healed Peter's mother-in-law, launched out in the deep for a net-breaking, boat-sinking catch. He cleansed a man with leprosy, healed the centurion's servant's boy, healed a paralytic who was let down from the roof, healed a man with a withered hand, raised a widow's son from the dead, calmed the storm, cast demons into the herd of a pig, healed the woman with an issue of blood. Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, healed two blind men, healed a mute man, healed the man with an infirmary of 38 years and so he's saying after this I mean y'all know he can walk the dog take out the trash mow the yard there ain't nothing my my I, I love the song they sing in children's church my God is so big my God is so mighty there's nothing my God cannot do amen how many y'all believe that this morning do you have faith to believe that so so after this it's not just put in there because it's good reading and good writing it's in there because you need to really see 
even in your life after this. I may be in a situation right now that seems bigger than me, but I've already seen him heal my body. I've already seen him pull me out of the miry pit and set me on a rock to stand. I've already seen him forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. See, after this, are you, are you in the story with me? Come on, I want to. Can you jump in the text with me this morning? Just like a map like Joey did on Friends, let's get into the story. If you've read any of Bill O'Reilly's books like Killing Patton or Killing Lincoln, it puts you right there. I want to get right into the story this morning because this story is your story. Are you ready? He said, after this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It says a large crowd. This was like a mob. This was so many people. You studied this in the Greek. It was like uh, um, people were coming out of the woodwork and they were following him. Everywhere that Jesus went, these people were going because they didn't want to miss out. Why did they not want to miss out? Because it says uh, uh, following him because he had, they had seen the signs. The word seen means this. It's like going to the theater. Last night, me and the kids, we went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like it was a front row seat to go see what was happening in the theater. And it's a front row seat. That's why I don't ever want to miss one Sunday morning. That's why I don't want to miss one teaching of the Word of God. That's why I don't want to miss out because I'm following Jesus. And what he can do, no man can do. Oh, amen. Are you with me this morning? It says the signs. We've been talking about that word, attesting miracles, which he continually performed. This word, actually, in the Old Test, Old King James, it says that he continually did. The word did here means poet. It means creative. The creative miracles that Jesus continually did. The creative, what, what is creative? Like a poet. It takes nothing and it makes something of it. That's exactly what Jesus did. Where there was no eyes, he created eyes. Where there were no fingers, he created miracles. Where there was uh, no land to walk on, he there was water there, and he made footsteps across the water. Oh, man, isn't this good? And then it goes on to say, and those who were sick, these are people that were broke and destitute because they had spent all of their money on doctors, and they had run out of solutions to do. How many of y'all know there's things that God can do that no man can do? There's places that he can go that no man can go. And so there's a reason that people are with him here. In fact, he didn't need no social media. He didn't need no business card. People were drawn to the anointing that's on the inside of him. Amen. How many of y'all know this is exactly what signs and wonders will do? I talked about this in the beginning, but a sign, lots of times in the evangelical cultures or in the Pentecostal movement, they say signs and wonders together. We're believing for a sign and a wonder, a sign and a wonder. Well, when I was a kid growing up, I really thought that signs and wonders were the same thing. No, the sign is the miracle. The wonder is what people that see what Jesus can do get in and realize that he's much more than just a carpenter's son. I don't know about you, but I want Jesus and me to be such a sign to my peers. I want Jesus and me to be uh, not just a sign uh, of what he's done to me, but I want it to be a wonder to the people that I'm around. How many of you know people are drawn to the anointing? The Bible says the anointing breaks the yokes and bondages of sin and death. And so I want them to be created not of who I am and what my personality brings, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. Are you with me today? Come on, who's awake on a, on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m.? Amen, 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 amen. All right, keep preaching. And Jesus went up to the mountainside. This is uh, um, 
this particular road that they're on is the way to see. And he goes to this isolated place on the mountainside. And the people sat down there with his disciples as he's teaching. And so it says, now the Passover, the Feast of the Jews, was approaching. And so even more people are going to be coming into this place of where he is because they're coming for a reason for the Passover. All right? So now he really has a theater, a mountainside of people listening to the teachings of what Jesus is saying. And in verse 5, it says, Jesus looked up and saw that a large crowd was coming towards him. He was moved with compassion. And he said to Philip... Where will we buy bread for these people to eat? This is in the middle of nowhere. And also, too, I read some context years ago about this. He asked Philip this reason and not Andrew. or He didn't ask Simon this. He didn't ask uh, John. He, he asked Ann, or Philip this particular question because he's from the area. And here they are out in the middle of nowhere. And he asked him a trick question. Men, can I talk to you? It's Mother's Day, but can I talk to the men for a second? How many of you have ever had that trick question from your wife? I believe this is a tricky question right here, all right? Do I look fat in this dress? No. I mean, obviously, the answer is no. But uh, when they ask you a trick question of, like, even down to what would you like to do tonight, it's tricky, right? Do I answer, what, what, what do I answer? Because they already have an answer inside of their head of what they want you to say. Are you hearing me? I got a woman on the front row saying it's so true. It's so true. Preach, pastor. Preach that right there. Come on. I knew I was right, so I was just going to go ahead and say it, all right? But what I, this is a trick, trick question here. But what I also I love about this, this is just who Jesus is. Because the first thing that I think about is this. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And how many of y'all know we feed ourselves three squared meals a day? but we feed our spirits a snack on Sunday morning. Do we not? And what Jesus is trying to paint a picture to us, I believe on this mountainside, he's trying to teach us what we see in Ephesians chapter 5. If you studied that, we did it in the morning times. But in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, first, you've got to to live the spirit-filled life. In Galatians chapter 5, he says, feed the spirit, man, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In, in, in the story of the blind man, not in the book of John, but in the book of Mark, he talks about when he puts spits in the man's eyes, leads him out of, uh, of the village there, and he says to the man, he says, what do you see now? He said, I see men like trees walking. Then he prays for him again, and he says, now his sight was restored. He could see fully inside of the room. Jesus is painting the picture not, on the mountains, not only on the mountainside, but also with this blind man as well. That he says, I see tree, men like trees walking. It wasn't that Jesus didn't perform a miracle in him. He was teaching him a lesson. He said, in order for you to live on this earth, the eyes that you need to look through are your spirit before you look through your flesh. Because the eyes of your spirit, the Bible talks about it from the very beginning of the book. We see it in Psalm 1.1. He said that, that you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth due fruit in due season. Who's he talking about? He's not talking about a tree. He's talking about a man. Yeah. And a man is a tree. And what he did was, is he opened the eyes of his spirit before he opened the eyes of his flesh. And see, these people are being fed by their spirit walking up the mountain. And Jesus is painting a picture, and he's asking this trick question for a reason. And he's saying this, man shall not live by bread alone. Go with me here if you would. I'm teaching for a second. And he's saying this, in order for you to live the fulfilled life, as Ephesians 5 says, you first got to feed your spirit, man. 
And when you feed your spirit, man, and you have a connection with God, then you can feed into your wife. And then you can feed into your children. Children, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And then it talks about the workplace and the master that's over you. See, the, the problem with the world today and why it's so messed up is because people's lives are completely out of order. Number one is their business and making money. Business and making money. Well, I, I do say that. For the old timers it is. For the young people it's not. But it's doing what they want to do. How many, how many of y'all know you can't do step four before step one? And what people are doing is their, their business is first. Then what's unbiblical is their kids are number two. And then their wife, uh, or sorry, is number th- their kids are number three. And then their wife's number two. And then the Lord is number four. No, it's got to be you feed your spirit man. Then you feed your wife or your husband. Then you feed your kids. Then you feed yourself. We've got to have order. And what Jesus is doing on the mountainside, but this is what I love about the Lord. He not only cares about your spiritual well-being, he cares about your physical well-being. Do y'all believe that this morning? Come on, this is just a sign of who Jesus is. Come on, let's give it up for him that he not only cares about what we put on the inside of us. Because he knows this, it's not what's on the, on the outside of a man that defiles him, it's what's on the inside. And when you care about what's on the inside, you will care about what's on the outside. Man, I hope you're getting this word today. And so, he, care, he cares about the outside. And what I love about this particular story, he says, and this jumped off the page, like, I always think of the movie and... Um, Back to the Future too, you know, when the shark comes out and <laughs> jumps on him. Uh, call me Marty McFly right now because this is how I feel. He says, where will we, we? Jesus is asking the question to Philip. He said, where will we buy bread for these people to eat? The Lord spoke this, put it in my heart. Jesus told me, he said, I want to turn your me problem into a we solution. That's tweetable. We have free pens on the back of the chairs that you can steal if you need to write that down. Come on, if you leave in here with anything today, this is worth putting money in the offering right there, all right? He wants to turn my me problem into a we solution. Come on, five loaves and two fish by itself is nothing. But when I add Jesus to the equation, he multiplies and brings addition to my life. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. But he said this to test Philip. What is a test? You know, when I think about this, when taking tests, the SATs and the, the, the star tests and things that kids are doing, what is a test designed to do? A test is designed to reveal a deficiency. See, Jesus already knew the answer. He's saying, all right, Philip. Think about this. The man of 38 years, remember? It looked impossible. It looked impossible. But Jesus came. I want you to think about, all right, Philip, think about, remember when we were at the wedding at Cana that lasted for seven days? And they ran out of wine? He said, bring me the water, I'll turn it into wine. But you, you, 
See, I'm testing. See, I, th- I believe it's still a test to us. How many times do we forget what Jesus has done for us? Come on, I don't care if you've been saved five minutes, five days, five months, five years. It's easy for us to come up against a storm of something that may be bigger than us. Obviously, 20,000 people on a mountainside. But it may be bigger than us, but it's not bigger than Jesus. I got to keep going here or I will stay right there forever. So Philip answered... He said, 200 denarii, 200 wages worth of bread is not enough for each one to receive even a little. What I, okay, so obviously, all, you can point fingers at Philip all you want to, but there is Philip's in the room. Like, let's think about this logically. There's other of you like, well, let's not think about it. Let's just keep doing till we figure it out. But there's some of you who's like, I need to know before we even go. <laughs> Raise your hand if that's you today. All right? All right. Yeah. Jennifer, if you didn't raise your hand, I was going to come back there and cast a double out of you. All right? <laughs> but this verse 7, he said, Philip answered 200 denarii. You know what? I, as I think about this, thank God for Philip, but in the same sense, we have to come to this conclusion. We got to surround ourselves with people that will add to our life rather than take away. How I many of y'all know David... Think about the story of David. He was the son. In, in all reality, you read about him that he was the bastard child. He wasn't, of, he, he, he wasn't of the same mama as all these other people. He may have been of the same daddy, but he wasn't of the same mama. And he was the seventh boy. And he was the one that was too young, but he was the one that brought the miracle to kill Goliath. I want you to think about, you may be the one that may not feel valued today, but I just want to tell you today, Joseph wasn't valued in his home, but God used Joseph to bring the miracle to turn the whole country around. Come on, Jesus wasn't valued in his hometown, but Jesus came to set the captives free. Oh, man. Then it goes to verse 8. You guys getting something out of the word this morning? He said one of his disciples, Andy, so we don't want to be like Philip, we want to be like Andy. Simon Peter's brother said to him, he's like, all right, he's chastising Philip right here. We need to find someone with something because I've seen what he can do with water. We just got to find something for him to do. And so he brings it to him. There's a little boy. This is about seven years old, all right? Here he was with five barley loaves and two fish. Now, you study this in the Greek, it really tells us that this is literally five pieces, five crackers that we have today and two little fish, two minnows. But what are the for these people? So Jesus said, um, Jesus says to him, I'm going to keep moving here. Have the people sit down. Now, there was covered with abundance of grass, so the men sat down about 5,000 in number. Now, uh, Matthew, Mark, sorry, Mark and Luke's gospel tells us this, that he tells them to go off in the 50s and 100s. He said, I want you to go off in family classes. So there's going to be a group here, a group there, and I want you to organize it. And so this tells me this, that there couldn't have just been men there. There had to be women to organize the deal. Don't you agree, Pastor Robert? <laughs> you think these disciples were going to be doing this? There had to be some mamas be like, okay, you, 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 you sit right here, all right? You, 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 you. But you know, with 20,000 people, you know this took some time. How many of y'all know, just I believe we serve the God of suddenly, but I also too want to remind some people this morning 
that you're standing in faith for something to happen and you, you haven't seen the inside or you maybe haven't seen what you've been believing God for, but sometimes it takes some time in order for God to be revealed in your situation bigger than you ever expected it to be. Come on. You might be building a testimony, but how many of y'all know organizing all these people to sit down, this would take some time? Oh, man. And so uh, the story goes on. He said, covered them in abundance of grass. So the men sat down about five thousand in number again he's just talking about the men so the miracle of this that god used a little boy that wasn't even a part of the count oh that's so good so then jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks so here he is i love this he took the loaves and when he had given thanks he distributed them those it was like they were sitting at olive garden and the bread just kept coming Sitting at Texas Roadhouse. Come on, somebody. With those rolls. Oh, glory to God. And that butter. I don't know if they had the butter, but they had the rolls. It just kept coming in. When the rolls are called up yonder. All right. Y'all didn't think I was Baptist. I got Baptist way deep down in here. All right. But what I love about this, he said he took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, it wasn't that big of a deal what he just began to do. Thank you, Jesus. He took that five loaves and two fish. God, I, I, I'm coming with something today, not nothing. And I thank you that you're the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I will say the Lord that, God, you're my refuge. You're my fortress. In you, it's who I put my trust. And he just began to be thankful. And the Bible, Greek tells us this, that he just began to, a stream of thankfulness began to come out of him. And I want to ask you the question this morning. Can you give thanks when it doesn't measure up to your expectation? Can you give thanks? Even in times where you've had loss and you don't understand the things that you've gone through, can you still give thanks for the things that he's done in your life? Because no matter how hurt you may be in this room, nobody can do you like Jesus does. Oh, man, I hope you get that in your heart today. Can you give thanks when it doesn't measure up to your expectation? See, the whole thing of it is, is I love about this with this little boy. When it stays in your hands, it stays small. But when you put it in the hands of Jesus, multiplication begins to happen. You may think, well, I don't, I don't really have anything to give. I don't have anything to br bring. Listen, there is a gift and talent in each and every one of you. And if you believe that lie of the enemy, you know, it's... Is there a pickup here? I'm thankful for all of these musicians that are up here. Here's one right here. Multiplication right there already. Is this on? You know, when I first came to the church here, those of you that, that is this on? Can you all hear it out there? Oh, it's way down here. When I first came to the church, uh, you guys... Many of you that have been here, we used to have the stage right over here. The very first Sunday that I came, I could tell that they uh, they were missing somebody. So I went up and I said, what are y'all missing? She goes, well, we're waiting for a bass player. It's the very first Sunday that I came. And I said, well, I know how to play the bass. And she looked at me, the worship leader at the time. She goes, uh, well, we have a bass. Would you be willing to play? I said, I'd love to play. See, 
I'm taking chords with me. Since it's so far, far low, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. But, you know, just like the people with the camera, that's a gift and a talent. But when you put it in the hands of Jesus, think about this. The pictures that are taken every single week, the pictures that are taken every single week. See, they add, when, 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 they, when they put it in the hands of Jesus, he multiplies that. And that goes out to six, 7,000 people. And then because of they see the smiling faces on your face, people come in. The kingdom of God is added to. See, that's what Jesus does. But, I mean, if I would just take a gift and a talent and I kept it to myself. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with a brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Throw it like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? No, I don't know. Turn out the lights and I'll go to the extreme. I'll rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Ice, vanilla ice, vanilla. Why y'all clapping? That's a secular song. Vanilla ice, ice, baby. Oh, ice, ice, baby. All right. Y'all don't judge me right now. That's a great song, okay? But listen. Then I put it in the kingdom of God. And every person that gets saved, I can use that same chord progression and I could go so many places. I mean, I could go. Um, uh. I'm trading my sorrows, I'm trading my shame, I'm laying them down for the joy. How about this? Because I'm free, free falling. Get out your lighters and sway them back. And Where I can go. Is extravagant. Oh, your friendship. Oh, it's intimate. I find I'm moving. To the rhythms of your grace, your fragrance is intoxicating. When I seek your face, your love is extravagant. How many of y'all believe the love of the Lord is extravagant? I'm just trying to give you an example. See, if that boy would have kept that all to himself, his ego would have been fed. But when he put it in the hands of Jesus. See, all of these that are up on here on the stage, when they put it in the hands of Jesus, there's so many of us that are fed because of their ministry to the Lord. Amen. I think about the people that are in the, uh, the children's church. They may be good moms, they may be good big brothers, good big sisters, but when they put it in the hands of Jesus, moms today, I'm coming to a close. 
But moms today, if you're out there, you know what God called you to do? God called you to take your kid and put it in the hands of Jesus. He's not your kid. He's God's kid. That he called for you to steward. And see, what happens is, is when we do that, when we do that, moms and dads, see, what we're doing is building an empire. It's building a kingdom of God to be fed and led by the Lord. See, if he kept it in his hands, when it stays in your hands, it's small. But when you put it in the hands of Jesus, multiplication begins to happen. Man, are you guys getting something out of the word today? Some of y'all would be like, I don't know about that preacher. He sang free falling in the house of God. Can I tell you, when you sing stuff like that, all the religious devils leave the building. That's what I believe with all my heart. But it says in verse 12, it says, when they had eaten enough, that means that they were filled to the brim. That means they were so full of capacity, like it was so big on the inside of them. Just overflowing. See, God not only cares about your spiritual well-being, but he cares about your physical well-being as well. He said to his disciples, gather up the leftover pieces so that nothing will be lost. See, he not only wants enough for you today on Sunday, but he wants you to walk in the overflow on Monday. He wants you to walk in the overflow on Tuesday. Come on, is this not just a sign of who Jesus is to us? This is. So verse 13, oh, I love this. Lord, put this in my heart. But even, even verse 12, he said, when they had eaten enough. See, God wants to do a big enough miracle in you that you have enough leftover for the next miracle that you need to go through. How do you think the little boy would have felt if he, had, if he wouldn't have surrendered his lunch to Jesus? If he would have kept it all to himself, the blessing wouldn't have come. That's why I have no problem giving 10% of my income. That's why I have no problem giving even 20% of my income. Because I know this, when I put it in the hands of Jesus... God, you'll not only make enough for all of these people, but you'll make even overflow from me. That's why with my gifts, my talents, everything, cleaning this house or doing whatever inside the house of God, I have no problems. You know, this last week, somebody said, I want you to watch the on Netflix, Exposed Hillsong Church. As I watched it, it's garbage. Because there's people on there, we had to volunteer so many hours a year. If I was on there, I would say, I, I got to volunteer a hundred hours a year. And because of my hundred hours, there was 30 people that got saved. There was 40 people that got saved. There was 50 people that got saved. People were healed. People were blessed. People were delivered. The lights were turned off. And when they came in the house of the Lord, I may have just been opening a door for somebody. I may have been teaching kids. I may have just been working in the sound booth. I may have just been playing up on the stage. I may have just been putting out donuts. I may have just been helping with the youth. I may have just been mowing the yard. But you know what? Because I did that, somebody came to the house of God, and their life was changed forevermore. Forevermore. 
this is such a sign to us who Jesus is. He takes this impossible situation. And he brings light to it. And he wants to do the same thing for you. But verse 13, this is what I love. He said, so they gathered them up and the... And they filled 12 large baskets with pieces from the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. 12. Everybody say 12. How many disciples are there? There's 12. The ones that were doing the busy work. The ones that were helping the hand of God. Can I tell you? Lots of times we think to ourselves, I see so many other people being blessed. I see so many other people walking in manifestation of God doing a miracle in their life. But what about me? Can I tell you? The miracle they experienced was doing the service that God had done for them. But God, even at the end of it, said, you know what? I've got overflow for you. Twelve baskets full. Each disciple take you a basket. That's why I will never stop serving in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. How many of y'all get something out of the Word of God today? I hope you did. Isn't this a great miracle of who Jesus is? And I hope you take this away today. He wants to make your, He wants to turn your me problem into a we solution. Come on, just leave here today saying, he wants to take my me problem. See, that's the problem. You may think, you may think when you leave here, and and can I tell you, God, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. There's times where I've lost keys. There's times where I've, I've lost something that, you know what, I could probably spend $2 and go replace that. But he wants to take my me problem and turn it into a we solution. Can I tell you, there's been times, and I may haven't found it on the day that I ask, but sometimes a miracle takes time. But when the Lord revealed that, when I said, Holy Spirit, show me where those keys are. Holy Spirit, show me where that hammer is. Holy Spirit, show me where that nail is. Come on, I'm just trying to paint a picture to you. The little things in your life God cares about. If he cares about 20,000 people on a mountainside, how many of y'all know he cares about little old measly me? If every single person in the place were filled to the brim, he cares about me. You know, this is a testament to Jesus because there's many people that come in these doors, 400 people on a weekend, And not everybody feels like, well, somebody didn't touch my hand or somebody didn't say hi to me or somebody. uh, There's always one in the bunch, you know, that you're going to miss because there's so many people. But not Jesus. Everybody left filled. I'm telling you, he cares about the little details of your life. The little details. The little details of your life. This is who Jesus is. Man, I hope you got this in your heart today. Let's make our me problems and turn them into a we solution because of Jesus. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. 
Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.